Konnichiwa. And hey, y'all. Uh, I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie. And welcome to Sumo, sumo Kaboom. Kaboom, where we talk about all things sumo, all things sumo. And this week, we are discussing the Tachi Eye. Mm-hmm. But first, let's have a sumo joke of the day. Okay, let's do. Um, brought to you by... One of our fans, Malcolm Morrison, he's written 15 of these. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I love it. We'll be doing these for a month. We will. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. How does a sumo wrestler propose? How? They get their partner in the ring. But um, ching But um, ching (laughs) I have to say, like, sumo probably doesn't have, like, tons of jokes there's just not like a book of like all sumo jokes or maybe there is maybe there is and we just don't know about maybe. it maybe it perhaps it's in japanese and we just exactly. don't know exactly well anyway thank you malcolm yes, that was very you. very nice <laughs> uh, all right shall we move on to news flash yes there's a lot of news this week yes there is first up you know what came out today Banzuke. That's right. Actually, it came out yesterday. Yesterday. Well, yeah. Depending on where you are in the world. Yeah. Uh, I woke up this morning with everyone going, "The Banzuke is out!" <laughs> oh my gosh! It is pretty exciting, though. It is. You want to talk about it a little bit? Big surprise. Our Yokozunas. Yeah, boy. That I did not see that coming <laughs> at all. No. Like two brand new guys on the top. That uh, brand new. Brand uh, new. No. The one thing that I thought when I looked down the list, I was like, oh, yeah, all the same faces. Yeah, they just shift up a little bit, a little bit down, is my sweet baby Takayasu holding tight at Maegashira 13. Okay. How are you feeling about that? You know what? He is a champion in my heart, no matter what rank he is. I think he will have a good tournament, if there is a tournament, because he'll be wrestling the lower end of the... You know, the ranks first. Yeah, because what was he? Maegashir one or two last time? Yeah, he fell. Yeah, but he was at the top of the Maegashir rank, and so now he's, what, 13? Yeah. Which is a big fall. It is. It hurt me. It hurt me. However, I'm sure it hurts him, actually, more than it does probably, me. Uh, probably. But he could have an amazing tournament being at that rank. Yeah, exactly. And, and okay. give him some umph to move forward. I had two thoughts. Okay. One my first thought was, I can't believe he's back after that injury. That's amazing. My second thought was, okay, so maybe I have three thoughts. My second thought was, <laughs> wow, that's a big drop, but I'm so glad he's still there. And my third thought was, I wonder if they did that so that he would be fighting the lower ranked guys. Because if they put him back in at like Maegashira three or four, ooh, he would be he has a hard schedule. Yeah, he would have a really hard schedule. So part of me wondered, oh, I wonder if they're doing that for longevity. If they even think about those Maybe. things. I don't know. He has been injured. And even though this tournament was going to be two weeks later yeah. than it was originally planned, yeah. that is more time for him to heal. And whether or not this goes forward, he should be able to have a pretty solid start to get him back in top form oh i hope so i, I really hope, hope so. so too but it's, he's in good company it's not like he's down here with a whole bunch of no names well, like sad clown is there tochi notion is at my th- i was 11. just gonna say about tochi notion because that was another big drop and he's a former ozeki as well mm-hmm. it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens to these guys because if they don't perform well at those ranks yeah i don't know what happens yeah but maybe your body is just ready for more rest i don't know 
I don't know. They they're all going to get a good rest. Those. They all may be weird and rusty when they start this thing back up, but Well, yeah, since they're not they're not doing their usual training. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, another piece of news. This is a kind of a big one. Uh, oops. Six wrestlers what, have the... coronavirus. Yeah, that's huge In the news. Takadagawa stable. And the names haven't been announced, but it doesn't bode well for the May Basho, which is kind of what we were just talking about. We don't know because now it's... Yeah, right now they're still saying, oh, yeah, it's going to happen. And they're trying their best to quarantine people and lock people down. But anyway, the stable master had a had a fever and was tested, revealing he did have COVID-19. A Jurio division wrestler, Hakuyozan, of the stable also tested positive, but he showed no symptoms. Also, four other lower-ranked wrestlers were confirmed to have coronavirus, but were tested and treated for the disease at a hospital. And the lower-ranked wrestler stables have not been named yet. So... That could be a big problem because if it went on undetected, then they all might have it. Now, that being said, yeah. they have their precious cargo. And What do you mean? If you are Hakaho, if you are Kakaru, if you are Asanoyama, and somebody in your stable, one of the lower rank guys has it, they're like, you, get out of here. Go quarantine somewhere oh, else. Or they it. take him, Asanoyama, and be like, you're going to stay in this corner, and you're going to stay here for two weeks, and you're not, we're going to bring food to your door. You are going to be our precious cargo That's to make it okay. to the make it to the tournament. I don't know. I mean, how can you have a tournament if already you've got six guys who are positive for COVID? I don't know. And, you know, looking at the articles that are coming down through the Japan Times, like those numbers are still climbing and the hospitals are just starting to get hit yeah. with yeah. big numbers and they're concerned about waves of infection and Let's hope they're handling it better than the U.S. has. Yeah, they may but... have even tighter restrictions on this tournament than they did last time. I know John Gunning said that there's not going to be any color commentating from anybody English language. It's going to be one commentator. Really? Oh, I hadn't and the heard that. whole Basho. So they oh. may be going down to even more of a skeleton crew. Because last time we saw all the wrestlers and their entourage were still in there. Yeah. But I feel like this time, if they have to go forward, they're going to have like their top wrestlers. They're going to be uh, just bare bones. Oh I'm an optimistic person at yes. heart. However, remember what happened in the U.S. in the beginning? Yeah. When it started to like wave in. And most people as it went across the United States were kind of like, oh, it's not such a big deal. It's not right. going to change. Then it's at your door. And then, yeah, the reality hits you hard. I kind of feel like maybe that's what's happening. At this point, I'm going to be surprised if they have the tournament. I hope that they do because I really miss sumo. I do too. But I feel I like know. I need it. But currently they are quarantining. They're banned from practicing. And the stable is like contact contact practicing. And each... Yeah, they're not contact practicing, no. right? No. Yeah, no. No. And there's, all the stables are being disinfected like crazy. And it's supposed to start May 24th, like I said. But JSA Public Affairs Director Shiba Tayama said it's not called off yet, but they are still considering it. And they're weighing heavily the advice of experts. Okay, that's good. Yeah. I mean, if they don't do it right, it could be much, much worse. It could. And the association at this point has banned wrestlers from training or going outside for two weeks if a member of their stable has tested positive for coronavirus. Okay. It has also requested other st stables exercise self-restraint and not engage in workouts requiring any sort of physical contact. 
I think I messed oh. up those words saying those crappy, but oh, you get what I, I'm saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying, and I I really hope maybe for this... everyone involved that it goes on. I hope for Asanoyama it goes on because this will be his first tournament as an Ozeki. And he's trying to get to Yokozuna by December. I know for he's his got those big plans. I know. Yeah, and I yeah, there's but so then, many people. If it oh. doesn't, silver lining. All our favorite wrestlers have a chance to really heal. Healed. Yes. And we could see much more of these guys. In the Even future. though like Hakaho is like wanting to retire, but like if he gets a whole year off, they can all just chill and get top form that maybe we will get to next summer wow, with Hakaho. A year off? Can you imagine a year off I... of sumo wrestling? But I sure hope we get sumo soon. I know. A safe healthy sumo safe sumo otherwise we're gonna have to like start sumo wrestling each other yeah which is just not the same it's not the same (laughs) we don't have any audience except for mom and dad i know to be honest they don't get it either i mean they don't get it anyway anyway let's talk a little history about the tachi eye what is this tachi eye this initial charge moment what is it meant to do gain advantage how that can determine the outcome of a match so quickly. How does that happen? Mm-hmm. How do they even work? And what is it all about leading up to this very exciting moment? That's right. And we do need to cover a little history and talk about what happens before the Tachi Eye so that people, you know, people can understand the full weight. The right. full weight of a Tachi Eye. That's to right. use sumo lingo. Yes. There's a lot of buildup. A lot of buildup. I think that's like the anticipation of it all. Oh, you mean anticipation? Yes. Uh, Yes. I know my Rocky Horror references. (laughs) Yes. So when you watch sumo, you have these two wrestlers, one coming in from the east side, one coming in from the west side. They come from opposing corners of the arena. It's just like West Side Story. Exactly. But but without the dance. Right. Without West Side, East Side Story. (laughs) Two different gangs. Yes. When the wrestlers enter the ring, they come in through opposing hanamichi, or flower passages. And uh, they're called that, that's from Kabuki Theater. Mm. Is that like a vom? A vom. Like a vomitorium, where they used to barf in Shakespearean days? The voms? No. Great guess. Uh, Not sure where your brain went there. Well, it's a vomitorium. That's what those are, the little... When they come in from backstage and they make their way as a vom. Oh, I have no idea what you're well, talking about. Well, whatever. I'm a theater nerd. <laughs> I'm talking about... I'm going to look it up right now. Okay, okay, you look up the vomitorium. Um, I'm talking about, you know, the, the ramps, the passages that come in at right angles to a stage. That's, why, that's the mm-hmm. way they look in Kabuki theater. And they're called flower passages. I don't know why. In traditional kabuki theater, the most emotional, intimate scenes take place on the flower passage, on the hanamichi, because the people on that ramp are close to the audience. So you want your highest emotional material right there, right? You'll have death scenes there, battle scenes, things like that. So I find it incredibly interesting that these wrestlers come in on these hanamichi. They come through the audience. It's a passage. It's a passage through the audience. By the way, vomitorium. Each. I'm not crazy. I'm like, why would I come up with the word vomitorium? Haven't you in all your years of theater heard voms enter through the vom? I have only heard vomitorium 
vomitoriums <laughs> in terms of Roman history. Yeah, it is. But in theaters, that's what you come into is the voms. It's the I've passage n- situated below or behind a tier of seats in an amphitheater or a stadium through which big crowds can exit rapidly at the end of the performance. And they can also be pathways for actors to enter and leave the stage. Okay. But an elevated one is a hanamichi. Oh, cool. So it's not an aisle. It's an elevated one. It's elevated. Yeah. And the audience, uh, like an official hanamichi is above the audience. So the audience wouldn't really stand on it. Okay. The right. one in sumo that people can come in and out through. Right. But that's a bomb. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what. That. That's what I was saying. <laughs> I I'm going to have to look this up. <laughs> I, and I guess people would run out and vomit and then come back in and Yeah. Actually, um, did did Romans vomit during feasts. Uh, th- by the way, that my, my last one was from we, Wikipedia. We have really gone into obscure theater history. Yeah, now. a vomitorium is a room where ancient Romans went to throw up yes. lavish meals yes. so that they would turn their table and feast some more and watch some yes. more whatever. And I've heard that, but I've never heard it in terms of the theater. Oh, yeah. Okay, see, I just learned something. Yeah, here's a picture. of. I can't <laughs> believe we're spending this much time on vomitorium, but that's that's what the wrestlers come through. It's a vomitorium. So the archway itself? Yeah. So the archway is a vom... Okay, so they come through a vomitorium, <laughs> and they walk down a Hanamichi, and they come to the doyo. This is a lot of build-up to this <laughs> match here. It's going to be worth through it. Through random theater history. I love it. They make these significant entrances from the east and the west, and then they sit on the sides of the doyo. And they're about seven meters apart, and they're facing each other on the sides of the doyo, and they sit... And they stare at each other and they do what from the seated position? I don't even know. Do you know? You've they seen wa- a match at live. They just watch the match that's previous oh, to them. Oh, no. They've got to be doing much more than just watching the match. Well, they're the focusing on their, they're meditating, their breathing. And- they're staring mm-hmm. at their person that they're going to fight, maybe. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. thinking through their moves in the next, next match. They're dealing with, I don't know, stress. Probably. It's a moment of calm. And um, basically, as we stated before, the wrestler is called up to the do- doyo by the yobodashi, which is the, right, the which caller, comes, right. the announcer. Right. After and, this moment of calm, mm-hmm. then they're called up. Yes. Yeah. And then from that moment, they step up into the doyo and they have four minutes to get ready for the bout once they step into the ring. And they sip the sacred water from the long wooden la- ladle. Uh, you've seen them do that. Yeah. And it signifies the cleansing of the body. And they swish it around and they spit it out. <laughs> Unless and... it's coronavirus time. And then they pretend to do all that. Yes. Yeah. Did they do that last time? I feel like they did No, sip. they pretended. Didn't somebody accidentally? Somebody accidentally, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now we know who patient zero is. <laughs> um, just kidding. <laughs> But then they 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 swish it around, spit it out, and they kindly keep it from our view by a small piece of paper. And I don't know if that has been an adaptation because I just don't. I don't know what the small piece of paper over the mouth really means other than, like, I don't want anybody to have to see this gross, disgusting act. Of spitting? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the ritual is also done upon the entrance to a Shinto shrine. So if you went to visit a shrine, you'd also see people that were washing their hands, cleansing their body before they would enter into a Shinto shrine. Do they and, also clean their mouth and spit? Yeah. There's always like okay. fountains outside. And you, I've is there seen a vomitorium people, somewhere near? There, I don't know. I was not on the lookout for bombs. <laughs> That's a theater term, bomb. I shorten it. 
because um, I'm in the theater. Okay, so the canopy also where the wrestlers are, are intended uh, to wrestle represents the holy Shinto shrine as well, okay? And then at that point, they perform their Shiko stomps, which we all know what Shiko stomps are. If somebody is coming into our podcast at this moment in time, <laughs> we probably said a lot of things that make no sense to you. But this is one thing you actually know. When the wrestlers lift their leg up high, like it looks like they might, uh, like a dog pees on a, on a hydrant. Sorry to say or that, to but show for somebody off their balletic or just, flexibility, yeah. and then they stomp it back down to the ground. That's Shiko stomps. So yeah. you do know it. And they rub themselves down with towels meant to cleanse the mind. They toss salt to purify the ring, hopefully protecting them from injury. And the wrestlers then perform shikiri, which is a respectful bow and a hunker down into their start position it's called sankyo which i actually think it might be called kikyo kiko i'm i'm i was a little bit confused but maybe the whole general crouching hunkered position is called a sankyo and for sumo wrestlers it's even more specific according to wiktionary it's the calm straight back squat following the shiko exercises and mental preparation for the tachiai. Hmm. It is the calm before the storm. Oh, so they have another calm before the yes. storm. Yes. It's all meant okay. to just approach this moment in time as peacefully as you can, which I think is interesting because I think of all the times I've played sports, all the times I've done shows, and I've been so nervous. And everyone is always like, just embrace it. It's supposed to be there. And I find it interesting because sumo wrestlers spend so much of this preparation time when they know that you know they're nervous they've said they're they're nervous but they're they focus on calming the mind or calming the breath or calming the heart rate and here's this tiny factoid about the sumo specific sankyo i was just telling you about yeah it's called kikyo which is the lifted heel version of the flat-footed sankyo so you know how you see the sumo wrestlers and they have their heels up in this position yeah it's considered the most respectful way to show yourself in front of the gods. Mm. It is meant to show heartfelt gratitude towards your opponent and prepares your heart for the battle. Mm. Also, this is the moment that the wrestler focuses on, her, on his breathing, trying to slow his heart rate down. And this position is also thought because you're lower to the ground to bring maybe more focus and energy to the bottom half of your body, which is what you really need. Oh, going that makes into perfect an, sense to me. Yeah. It be, like a, an awareness of this lower half of the body. And mm -hmm. when you look at how they train, so much of their focus in training is lower half of the body. That's yeah. where all their power is. So I thought that that was really interesting that they have this position and not only is it meant to cleanse the mind and spirit and, and focus it's to bring focus to the part of your body that you're going to need to use like crazy mm -hmm. makes perfect they sense. used to actually have over the years different hunkers or different types of ways they would sit different prior hunkers yeah well not hunkers i would say seat seated positions okay they had different seated positions and there was one in the very beginning i mean like, hundreds hundreds of years ago where the wrestlers would sit kind of on their knees with their heels underneath their butt you okay, know yeah but their knees touched the dirt and the wrestlers said I, we don't want to do that anymore because any part of our body hitting the dirt is like being defeated it was like bad luck so well, that's that how sense. they have created this other way of hunkering down prior to the match that huh. has evolved over time yeah well and who wants to clean clay off your knees after doing that right yeah who, and nobody, nobody nobody wants to do that no and often 
at this point, they have numerous rounds of salt, crouching approach, uh, and treating back into the corners and slapping the muscles like uh, uh, Hokuto Fuji slaps the crap out of his face. Yeah, and I, his, love he, I love it. I love it. Shoulders and Takayasu gives like a big muscle flex and it gets the crowd all going and all of this in this parade of, I guess, ritual. Plus a little bit of extra ump for the crowd. Yeah, for your is, supporters that yeah, love you and the that, special thing that you do. Yeah, it's about four minutes. They used to have up to 15 minutes to prep before mm-hmm. the Tachi Eye. That is a lot of buildup. Yeah. But you know what? That was in the age of no cell phones. So 15 minutes in ye old days was like, you know... <laughs> Like, keep going, guys. I want to see more muscle flexing. Well, you just had more time. Yeah, you, you had more time. Back. They you could enjoy. Right? No one had short attention spans. <laughs> 15 That's minutes right. could have been super quick back then. You would only have four bouts an hour. It well. could go faster, I will say. And sometimes they did go faster. But the time limit is a relatively new thing. And a lot of it came from the advent of television. Oh, yeah. well, that's precious ad time, right? It is. Interesting. It is. When television came to Japan, they just felt like viewers wouldn't hang in for those sort of long prep times. So they started lowering the amount of time that the wrestlers had in order to prep. And now it's at um, three or four minutes, depending on your division. And some believe that this rule change about time limit has made a more artificial tachi eye. In other words, time is up. We have to go. We have to go now. Some also believe with the regulation and the time limit put in for this prep, wrestlers began to lose respect for the tachi eye and instead started to focus on gaining the best advantage and the best dominant position. Throughout the 1960s and 70s, some started launching into battle, launching into that tachi eye without grounding their fists down first. By the 1980s, most wrestlers were barely crouching at all before the impact of the Tachi Eye. Instead, they were just running into each other. Right. That's what I watched because when I watched the Taiho back to back matches, the wrestlers did not have their hands on the ground. Right. And it just started to look like they just both had this mutual readiness from a crouching position. And then they just lunged at each other. And, right. And that rule that you must have at least one hand on the ground came even later. And now we have a, the rule that was established in 2008 that says you have to have both knuckles of both hands on the ground to fairly start a tachi eye. Right, exactly. It's sort of, uh, it came in in phases, like you had to have both and then you had to have one and then the other down. Like with that rule change, some wrestlers were just so fast about putting their their mm. hands down that viewers couldn't tell if they really had them down or not. So there was a lot of discrepancy and people saying, oh, yes, he got his hands down. No, he didn't get his hands down. Or there was the problem of some Gyojis were really tough about the rule and some weren't. Right. So there were a lot of issues that came along with this rule change and are still in play today. But they still will stop a match. The Gyoji will if he does not see both hands down. I've seen that as of late. Yeah. They do it. Yeah, they do But it. they also are now so quick that it is, because we have instant replay, you can see. But, but I, I don't know how anybody could see. But sometimes I can see them in matches and you're just yeah, not no. so sure somebody got their hand down. But right. the, they don't call it. Exactly. It's kind of willy-nilly. We're definitely in murky waters here. If a sport begins by mutual consent, 
And yeah. let's say you're a slower sumo wrestler. You can always just say, I wasn't ready for that one. I wasn't ready to fight this young whippersnapper. Yeah. And the young whippersnapper says, I'm fast. I'm, I'm ready to go right now. You need to, you need to fight me right now. How do you officiate that? How, how do you be fair about that? I don't know. It's an interesting concept. I can see why the JSA would put a rule like that in place. And I can also see its problems. Tell us about um, Wakanahana and Goedo. Oh, okay. Because that involves what went on there was exactly what, what you were just describing. It where it's like this young whippersnapper has all the advantage of being quick and young. And then somebody who comes from a slightly different era of training is found to be like, ah, oh, you can't do it like that. That's not the proper way. And the younger guy's like, well, this is the way I learned and I'm great. And you can't compete with this. Yeah. This was a match from September of 2008 that's uh, looked at a lot um, as the low point of this sort of doctrine of getting your hands down in Itachi Eye. What happened was a veteran, Wakano Sato, was fighting Goedo, who just retired, right? Wakano Sato. Yeah. Okay. And he was very fast. He was known as being a rikishi that got going very quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, had a lot of agility, a lot of hand speed. They met for their Tachi Eye, and Goedo beat him off the jump three times. Oof. But every single time, the judge called them back and said, Goeda, you didn't get your hand down, so you got to do it again. And Goeda was like, mm, yes, I did. Of course, he didn't say that back right. to the judge. Then he just reset again. They did it again. Same thing. Three times in a row. I can just see that because he's so brooding. Yes. Can't you just <laughs> see him ready to go? And then just rushing into this. So the aim of the judge was clearly to make Goedo slow down his jump off in the Tachiai in order to achieve harmony with Wakano Sato. But that was right? his but that was his, his approach. Style. That was his that's his unique ability to have advantage. Yes. Fourth time Oh my gosh. The exact same thing happened and this time the judge was just like well, let it be. And Goedo won. Basically, the fourth time it happened, Wakano Sato barely reacted because he thought that Goedo would be called back again. And the judge just said, that's it. I'm not doing this again. It's a win. It's clearly a win for Goedo. And it was just a match that a lot of fans point back to and say, see, there's the problem. That or, is emblematic of the problem with that rule change. Right. Or... It just ushered in a whole new era of wrestlers who react like that. They approach the tachi eye in that way. I, all the wrestlers now are like that. What, fast or slow? Yeah, fast. Oh. Wouldn't you say upon tachi eye? I don't know. I, everybody's different. That's why I think tachi eye is so interesting. There's so yeah. many different kinds of tachi eye out there, and there's different uh, styles, and there's different reasons for taking each way of doing a tachi eye. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm fascinated by it. Okay. So, in any route, there's mutual agreement. Uh, let's see. Does the Goji say something here? Yeah. He says uh, four minutes is up. And he tells him that by saying matanashi. Like, and that's kind of the translation of ready, set, go. And also the yobidashi. You know when he uh, tells his, the wrestler tells himself down, the yobidashi is over there being like, hey, it's time, bro. It's time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, they kind of get a couple of signals. Okay. And both, both wrestlers... 
Both wrestlers have to have mutual agreement at this moment. Yes. And both fists have to be on the ground to begin the initial charge. And the Gyoji, upon seeing a synchronized breathing between the wrestlers, then he will yell when their hands m- both meet the ground, will yell Hakioi, which is put some spirit into it. And they don't say Hakioi. They're like, Hakioi! But I'm sorry for whoever's listening and that just blew out your speaker system. But it is loud. Those guys shout the hell out of that. And from that point on, they can go whenever they want, correct? Yeah, the the fan, I think, gets pulled in on the Matanashi, ready, set, go. And then the wrestlers, yeah, they have to see the mutual agreement. They have to align their breathing. Right. So, so. I don't know what that looks like. That's the one part of sumo that's so fascinating. And you see on TV, it will cut to one guy's face and it'll cut over to the other. But you rarely get, you you were just not there in that moment to know what that looks like in the other wrestler's eyes right. to say, what now happens? is the time. Now is this moment we yes. both flinch and we both do this thing. Yes. That is fascinating. And that's part of what makes it so exciting. The other thing is the tachiai is the culmination of all of that prep. It is the point in which these guys are the closest they've been from the moment they enter the room. They are 80 centimeters apart. They're looking at each other. They're thinking who knows what. We don't know. Intimidation, I'm sure, is a factor. Yeah, there's some good like poker faces and then some people who don't have poker faces. They just kind of let it show. Yeah. Uh, Some of them look terrified. Well, they do say that when you do see that face, if they can do a close-up of Hakaho's face, it would scare the it would scare the shit out of me. Yeah. It looks so mean. It does. And it does. I don't know, he's not a mean person, but like in that moment, that's what his face is. And I would I would crap my mawashi right then the, and there. Well, and this is one of the other fascinating things about sumo for me is they go from very calm to explosion with nothing in between. So they work all morning long in their morning practice and then they calm back down and then they walk in and they're calm and then they got to get themselves going and then they calm themselves back down. They get on the line, they look at each other and then they have to explode at each other in this moment of tachi eye. It really is mm-hmm. all this pent up energy coming out towards one other person. And maybe that is why it's so explosive. Yeah. It's been a whole day. Waiting for this Waiting, one this moment. culmination of these yeah, yeah, two wrestlers going at each other. Tachiai as a word means to stand, rise, and meet, which doesn't at all <laughs> share the excitement of no. what a tachiai is. It is pent-up energy. It is explosion. It is maximum explosive power directed at one other person to win a match. Countless hours are spent developing lower body flexibility, strength. They practice ramming into upright wooden poles. They, they. Yeah, I've always wondered what that one is. I'm I like, know. you guys are just like lightly kicking a wooden pole, but I, it must be. <laughs> but it's <laughs> very to work functional up for this moment. I, I mean, know. they spend. I just like don't know how though. Well, like they they're... beat it with one hand, they beat it with the no, other, and then they kick like it. This. But then they do their feet, too. It's like hitting a wall. It's like hitting a brick wall over and over again. It's getting your body used to impact. Mm. Oh, okay. That's what that they're makes training, sense. right? Like, they really hate that pole. They do it with their head, too. Like, they hit <gasps> objects against their head to get used to hitting objects that are flying at them. And that's all Ooh. training for this moment. The mm. single purpose of being able to power out of a crouch and launch your opponent 
backwards and out of the ring. And as we said earlier, the outcome of a sumo match often or is a result of what happens in the tachiai. Mm Mm-hmm. And there are many different approaches to the tachiai. Yes. Many, many moves right at the beginning that determine the next three seconds. I mean, rarely a 30-second bout, but mostly two yeah. seconds, three seconds, six seconds or less. Yeah. Which might which might determine everything for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. A lot of money. A lot of money, where you're sleeping. Yeah, your if rank. you can go out at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of those things. Yeah. So there are eight techniques. Mm-hmm that are used in Tachiai. The first one that is the most uncomfortable one to watch, but also the most exciting, is charging headfirst into your opponent. And I say it's uncomfortable to watch because sometimes these guys hit heads and you hear them conk like coconuts. Yeah, Ikioi does a lot of it. And I'm oh. I, they slow it down and I'm like, oh, Ikioi, that pretty face. Yeah, How do you do I that? <laughs> it's, it's really, you Ugh. just put your head down and you run head first into your opponent. And you just want to knock him out of the ring. And I actually found some really painful footage Ooh. of that bout in 2018 between Hokuto Fuji and Ryudin. Did oh, you watch that one? Yeah, I think so. It had several yeah. false starts, but in it, Hokuto Fuji gets a really big big headbang and maybe like neck compression Oof. as well no. and he basically falls down in the ring and you can tell that stars are spinning around his head he's he just so imbalanced he can barely stand on his feet but he stands back up and he fights and he walks out of the ring but as soon as he makes that off that flower passage the that hanamichi the vomb and into the vomb he just goes down onto his knees and it looks like he's gonna hurl so oh i mean head injuries are so common and they're so not discussed in the sumo world. Right. And it may take a while. I mean, in football, they're discussing it now just because they've just had such terrible, terrible. We're finally alert to the fact that this yeah. thing, that this kind, these kind of injuries are happening. Right. It's not just. It's not going to affect you today. It's going to affect you in 30 right. years. It's traumatic brain injuries happening over time that create something called CTE, chronic traumatic Encephalopathy. Encephalopathy. Ooh, say that one three times real fast. Encephalopathy. Encephalopathy. CTE. That's why they call it CTE. Encephalopathy. Yeah, neurodegenerative. I can't do it. I, can't I tried speak. it. I tried it, but <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Yeah, basically CTE. Yeah, you get, you can get a brain disease if you bang your head into things over and over and over again. Well, it creates and, like plaque in your brain, right, from yeah. the concussion, like similar to what it, Alzheimer's does. It just creates well, plaque in that, the brain, right? Yeah, and that's a phase of the disease. I mean, Ugh. you think of Muhammad Ali. Yeah. At first, you get forgetfulness, you get mood changes, you get depression, things like that. And mm-hmm. then as the disease progresses, it, it looks like Parkinson's. Right. And it just, it's, oh, yeah, it's awful to watch. And John Gunny has actually written about this. Like, he can see those mood changes and the forgetfulness in older sumo really? wrestlers. And so he's like, I don't know why... I don't know why people aren't talking about this. Maybe only in America we're talking about football injuries. So we're used to it, but they're just. Well, it's a tradition and nothing changes quickly. When it's a tradition to bang your head against hard objects to make you tough, I guess it's hard to give that up. Yeah, if you've been doing it for thousands of years, (laughs) it's tough to give it up. Okay, so that's one way to do the Tachi Eye to run head first into your opponent. And our least favorite. Yes. 
Um, you could also try to raise your opponent up into the vertical position. You run forward and you try to lift their chest up so mm-hmm. that they're higher than you. Right. You can uh, do the takakesho. So you thrust into your opponent's chest over and over and over and over. Ugh, the thrusters do that quite powerfully. You can, uh, another fan favorite, well, that's slap clearly, your opponent's face. Clearly, because that's Hakaho's deal. You well, know, the shock and the, awe of it. There's like, other people bam. that do it too. Yeah, this this is true, but nobody's as loud as his is. Yeah. It's like he's practiced how loud that smack is. Yeah. Because even the wrestler that gets a smack who knows they're going to get the smack because they've wrestled him so many times, every single time looks shocked that it came their way. But he is not the only one. I've seen wrestlers just go at each other, no, they slapping do. each they other. Do. They do. They're used to it. Maybe they have slapping practice. We're just going to slap each other again. over and over again. Again. Ooh. Again. Uh, okay, so that's another version of the Tachi Eye. You could run in and grab your opponent's belt. Yeah. Seems like a safe, <laughs> like, simple way to do it. Well, they don't, like, do run it. in and grab, but it's usually right hand outside, left hand. You know, it's like they hit and then they're immediately yeah, on their belt. Immediately to the belt. Belt um, magnet. You could, yeah, belt magnet move. Let's call it that. The I like belt, a belt magnet. magnet. Yeah. You could also react to your opponent first. In other words, you could stand up and wait for your opponent to do something and react to them. We saw that this last time with Inho. The big guys are doing that with Inho. Yeah. They don't even go in for initial. They're just like, what's the squirrely little guy going to do? Exactly. And they just kind of watch him. Yep. So that's so an there's official no, tachi There's eye. no actual tachi eye. The other one I've also seen Inho do where you jump over your opponent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Several retired Rikishi have been just world famous for using this jump over technique. Um, Hayatumi? Uh-huh. He would do it and also Mayanumi would do it. But he, the other guy, which is the surprise, surprise the opponent thing, he does this thing called, Nick, or he did this thing called Nikodemashi. What's that? It's where, okay, look at me. You Okay, you tachi eye, but then you just slap, clap both hands in front of the person's eyes in front of you. Oh, yeah, we saw that in the last tournament. We did? Yes, we Somebody did. Somebody did a ha cha cha. Yes. In front of somebody's eyes because when they blink their eyes for yes. that split second, you have the advantage yeah. because they're flinching. Yes, surprise the opponent. You clap. You clap or you go for the slap, which looks like it's going to hit them and it doesn't. It's like a theater slap. Exactly. Remember, it happened to our youngest wrestler because I remember, I remember giving the lowdown about this. I can't remember who he was fighting, but uh, Tonakawa or Konakawaka. Yes, Wait. yes, yes. And uh, somebody went in. Wait, Sumo's to... little brother. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but it was like the perfect fake slap, and you could see it on the slow mo. The kid closed his eyes and looked away. Like, but he didn't oh, get slapped. No, but it was just perfect. <laughs> Oh, wow. See, I kept thinking that was like a parlor trick. Like, you just don't see it very often. It's an official tachi eye. For surprise. Yeah. So there's lots of different things they could do at that moment of the tachi eye, that culmination moment of all the stuff that's happened all day long. It's not always running head first into each other uh, or chest first or going for the belt. They have lots of choices and... Depending on the size of the wrestler and depending on their preference, they can pick or choose. You know, people who watch this are like, oh, it's just two big guys going at each other. And you're like, no, do you know the techniques that just go into this tiny split second? And then do you know the techniques and the ability to switch and wiggle your hips and change your grip in the split seconds that happen after that that are all determined by the split second thing that happened to you the second before? Although I will say... 
Some sumo wrestlers probably can't do all these techniques. It's not like we're ever going to see Ichinojo jump up like a cat for his tachi. Don't underestimate Ichinojo. <laughs> Somehow I can't imagine that. The behemoth. They call him the behemoth. I hate it. Can you see he just, him? Like, he looks a little grumpy. He looks a little dour, I well, would say. But, you know, he was like my my favorite villain of like last year. And I, I have, thought Tochinoshin was. Well, Tochinoshin is always... He's like a... James Bond villain to me but Ichinojo was like oh that guy he like barely moves and now I miss him I think I saw a picture of him smiling and I think that that was the difference it makes all the difference doesn't I'm it like, as oh soon there's as a personality smi- under like, Kaisei. there yeah Kaisei what a sweet guy uh-huh. anyway shall we move on to yes. our Q&A let's do we have a question from Will Nunziata he has lots of questions <laughs> and I love that Clearly he hasn't listened at all, uh, but he loves to ask the questions, which I think is really, really fun. He wanted to know if the sumo world knows about this WWE wrestler named Yokozuna and if he was ever a real sumo wrestler and what the sumo world really thinks of him. Great question. I thought so, too, because for our American listeners who were ever into the WWE, you might be wondering the same thing. Okay, I skipped over all of that in the 80s and 90s. While my friend's brothers were watching WWE, I was like, what's that? Oh, I could care less. But I know that it was a big deal. Anyway, this guy, his name was Rodney um, A-N-O-A apostrophe I. He's American Samoan. Okay. Anoa'i. Uh, Rodney Anawai. And I, I looked him up and I can't say that he he would be very well known amongst, you know, sumo wrestlers. But if you just Google Yokozuna, his name comes up first as opposed to the Wikipedia page for sumo wrestling's Yokozuna. Okay. So if you are in Japan and you ever Google Yokozuna, maybe this guy does come up and maybe the sumo world does know, uh, you know, there's some, you know, American wrestling guy named Yokozuna who's not a Yokozuna. Oh, I bet they don't like that. I bet they don't. I have a feeling that would be pretty disrespectful yeah. of a gesture yeah. for anyone in the JSA to call themselves a Yokozuna who's not. So I don't think that a lot of people know about him <laughs> or would care about him, um, at least from that side. But I did find it a little bit interesting. He was never a sumo wrestler. He never had sumo wrestling training. He did go to Mexico to uh, train with the, what are they called? Uh, you know the Lucha Libres? or Luch- Luch- huh. Huh. I know. Huh, I, think it's Luch- uh, I think it's Luchadore, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, if he went there not, to we're learn. Close. I work close. Sorry, I don't know anything about <laughs> all I'm thinking wrestling. of is the Jack Black movie, and they wear masks. They're wrestlers yes. that wear masks. Yes, and it's about the, like the you know the drama of it all. It's not necessarily about real actual wrestling. So he went there to train to actually become good at this World Wrestling Federation style of wrestling. Which you was... know how many people from Mexico are going to like contact us and be like, "We need to teach you." I know we're your neighbor. But then again. Is anyone in Mexico listening? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I hope so. I haven't checked our stats. Anyway, this guy, Rodney, or Yokozuna, as he liked to call himself, he was a big man. He weighed over 560 pounds, and he dressed in a yukata. And he was very active in the Hulk Hogan, Randy Hart, WrestleMania days of yore. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he was actually signed by Vince McMahon to wrestle in the World Wrestling Federation. He he, uh, won the heavyweight championship in the WWF maybe twice but weirdly he had um 
he had this Japanese character that who was a Japanese American guy, and he called himself Mr. Fuji, and he would wave around this Japanese flag and throw salt around before his world wrestler before his matches, which uh, did not sit well with me. I'm like, I that's kind of awful, and but I guess back in the 80s and 90s, people weren't thinking that that was okay. awful. Got it. Anyway. He uh, was very, very popular, though, with the audiences and this whole, you know, routine of being like walking in with his parade and his yukata. And he wore a muwashi, but they call it a sumo thong, according to like this Wikipedia page. I was like, I wouldn't call it a sumo thong, but he wore tights underneath it. Like Vince McMahon was like, you can wear that, but you go wear tights underneath it. Okay, got it. Anyway, so it was kind of ridiculous in that way. He unfortunately died at, at a very young age of pulmonary uh, of a pulmonary edema at um, 34. That's a little bit about this guy, but the moral of the story is no, he was never a sumo wrestler. Okay, and even though he comes up number one on the Google search under Yokozuna, yeah, that's kind. He of was sad. clearly very famous here. Okay, um, Ryan Dietz uh, from Los Angeles. He asks. Do wrestlers get waxed or like a Brazilian wax or anything like that? Because, you know, a lot of them look so hairless I'm... and like beautiful, like sleek, like silky skin. I'm like, you I, asked that question. You know, I I don't know their shaving habits. Well, here's the deal. You Most, looked this up. I love I this. I did look this up. Most Japanese, they aren't very hairsuit. Hair suit. Hair suit? Hair suit. They're not very hairy. You know what I mean? They have armpit hair. If you look and slow down, all the wrestlers have armpit hair. Okay. But some like like Enho or Ishiura, they're they're like they have like no hair on their whole bodies. But I do remember that, like working there. I was like, all these Japanese people, they like have all this beautiful silky skin, and then all of us Europeans come in here and we're just like hairy beasts. Hairy smelly. So if you do people. see wrestlers that are hairy, like Takayasu, he's half I was Filipino. Say, there have been very hairy wrestlers. Yeah, he's half Filipino, half Japanese. Um, he lets his body hair just just do the deal. Yeah. And um Tochi Notion, he's of he's European yeah. or he's um Georgian, so more Russian, but he's very hairy. And um, a lot so of the it people. It sounds like no. these wrestlers don't care. No, is what but I'm getting. I have heard that the JSA has a rule that they have to be clean shaven on their face. But their tradition, I think, for I can't remember, I need to look this up again, but sumo wrestlers have a superstition. They don't like to shave during the course of a tournament. But the JSA says you must be clean shaven. But if I do look, hmm. if you look at. Um, one of your favorite wrestlers, if you look at Mitaki Yumi, yeah. he always, by the end of it, kind of has like quite a bit he of hair does. on his face. Yeah. So I think that some of the wrestlers are like, I do what I want to do during this tournament because it's bad luck if I shave my face. But overall, body hair is a like, you do you. There yeah. is no judgment. Which some of perfect. them are really hairy. Some aren't. But... but you know, if they were shaving, you know that would be somebody else's job. Well, how could you reach Plus well, be, I'm not even plus talking. Plus, it'd be like more stubble, and there'd be more ingrown hairs. It just seems like that would be just I'm a just, really bad idea. I'm just thinking if somebody, because you see all these pictures of like guys getting their hair washed, getting that oil washed oh, out yeah. of their hair, and they don't some, touch their bodies at a certain point. Yeah, somebody it's else, like some underling wrestler that's washing. Well, their somebody hair else outside. helps them get into a mawashi. They just stand there, exactly. and somebody wraps up their. So you junk. know, if if they were shaving, that would be someone else's job. And that would be their motivation to be a much better wrestler so they never have to shave anybody's part. I say you do you. You do you. Yeah. And I'm glad. I love it when I see a hairy guy up there. Just like I love it when I see a balding guy up there. I think it's awesome. Who cares? Yeah. 
Anyway, so I think everybody, that is our style of sumo, sumo. here at Sumo Kaboom. Please tune in again for more info on the sport we love. Thanks so much for listening. And if you liked what you heard, tell your friends about it. Share. Tell, tell the whole world. Like, listen. Ask us anything about sumo. We'll do our best to get down to the bottom of it or find somebody else. Who knows? So until later, I'm Laurie. And I'm Leslie. Thanks for listening. Sayonara. See y'all later.